Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Cowboys are back. Cowboys are back. I think we can do a full three-hour show on everything we saw from the Dow. I'm not even going to finish the sentence. Not even going to bother. We'll get to them throughout the course of the show, but it was a monster weekend. Welcome to Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, the ESPN App Series XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Tell them to play ESPN. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. The big man out today. I'm Joe Fortenball, and I am happy to bring in my partner in arms. The one, the only, Ian Fitzsimmons. Ian, I hope you got the memo. We don't talk much sports betting on this show, so please try to fall in line with us. Yeah, like I told you earlier, uh, you know, Joe, you mentioned a not a lot of gambling talk on this. Well, there's a difference in my world. There's gambling and there's wagering. <laughs> gambling is when you cannot afford to pay said bet that you placed. Wagering is when you can. There is a distinct difference, and as you, as you replied back, great point, good question, and yes, we are all in. So there we go, man. There we go. Let's get, let's get, some, let's get some people a little money, right? Christmas is right around the corner, We got Joe, a Joe. lot of Monday night moneymakers coming up throughout the course of the show. Some pizza monies. Be a part of Carlin versus Joe Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us at 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It is not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. We begin in the AFC North, which had a banner day for a variety of reasons. C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans roll in the Cincinnati and upset the Bengals 30-27. to Moments after that... The Cleveland Browns shocked the world by taking out the Ravens in Baltimore. Final score, Cleveland 33, Baltimore 31. The Steelers continue to get outgained in every single game they play, and they continue to win 23-19 over the Green Bay Packers. Big weekend for the AFC North. Let's begin with the Baltimore Ravens, or Ian, more specifically, let's begin with the odds. Because I want to know, what are we supposed to make of the division now, given what we saw yesterday? Baltimore is still your favorite at a price of plus 130. Cleveland's right behind him in second place, plus 225. And then the Bengals and Steelers tied at plus 450. Ravens still the best team in this division? Not this week. And you and I have talked about this a lot, right? Going back to the start of the season, will the AFC North live up to the hype that the AFC West last year could not? Remember, we thought there may be four teams out of the AFC West in the 2022 campaign that might make the playoffs. Well, we were all just grotesquely incorrect. We were all football fools when it came to the AFC West last year. The North is actually doing what we thought the West would do last year, and they're living up to it, which is remarkable. I mean, it really is. So to answer your question, Joe, I, I wouldn't place this with your money because this is truly a week. Not, we know the league is week to week, but this is minute to minute. And right now, the Bengals might be the fourth best team in the AFC North. And next week, we might be saying they're the best team in the AFC North. It truly flips every single week. That's how deep this division truly is. Ravens jumped out to a 14-0 lead early in the first quarter. They had that with – they weren't even five minutes into the game. Deshaun Watson throws a pick six, like, right out of the gate. You figure that game's going to be over. 
Cleveland fights back in late in the half. Baltimore comes out, establishes their will again. They have a 14-point lead with less than 10 minutes to go in the game, and then they just get rolled the rest of the way out. Elijah Moore with a 10-yard touchdown reception. Uh, Greg Newsom, a 34-yard INT reception. Pick six on Lamar Jackson, who, by the way, continues to struggle late in these games. More in a moment, but John Harbaugh, Ravens head coach, here he is after the game on the disaster that was the fourth quarter against Cleveland. Be a part of a game like that. Proud of our guys. I thought we played very hard. We fought. We competed. But we did not play well enough. We did not play the kind of winning football that we need to play to win a game like that. Different situations, all three phases, and the coaching staff. So we've got to put it behind us. And it's, 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 a, it's a long season in the NFL. You have games like this. You do lose games like this in this league. Uh, and we've got to bounce back and play our best football on Thursday night. Don't crush the Ravens for what you saw yesterday. But... Don't praise the Ravens for what you saw against the Lions a few weeks ago. What have you done for me lately? Each and every week it's different in this league. Sometimes you're going to see a great effort out of Baltimore like that game against the Ravens. That is going to lead you to believe they can win the Super Bowl. What you saw yesterday is a reason why they won't win the Super Bowl. They just don't get enough consistent play out of the quarterback position. Lamar's awesome. He's awesome. But when you get to the postseason, if you are not the number one seed – You're going to need to win four playoff games against very good teams in order to claim that Vince Lombardi trophy in, and I don't see them doing it. Lamar Jackson had a dud versus Pittsburgh this year. He had a dud yesterday against Cleveland. He got outplayed by Deshaun Watson, who everyone's been banging on for the better part of two months. And rightly so. Jackson goes 13-23, to 56%, 223 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. He's got 11 turnovers in 10 games this season. He's got at least one turnover in eight of 10 games they've played. He now has, get this, 12 turnovers in the fourth quarter and overtime of one-score games played by the Ravens in the last three years. I don't want to ask the is he clutch, is he not clutch clutch question, but do you have a lot of confidence that the Ravens are the type of team that can rip off four consecutive playoff wins to win a Super Bowl? Because of that defense, you know, and and Lamar obviously has to take care of the football, but that defense, they're just stalking folks, man. Roquan Smith last year. What, what a remarkable move by the front office. And obviously the coaching staff has done a remarkable job having he and Patrick Queen as one of the best you know, tandems at inside backer in the entire league. So that defense, I do have a ton of confidence in. But Lamar cannot put them in adverse situations, especially having turnovers in minus territory. That is, that is no bueno, man, especially when you are in the postseason. Now, having said all of that, who's the best team in the fourth quarter right now in that division? It's a team that has been outgained offensively in every single game this year. And that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, it's this division, dude. That's why I wouldn't bet it with your money, Joe, to try and figure out who's going to take this crown. <laughs> because you have no idea week to week. Let, let this sink in. The Steelers, again, have been outgained in every single game this season. All nine. That has not happened since 1933. Let that sink in. And they're six and three. I didn't even realize the NFL existed in 1933. <laughs> what was it back then? How did I, don't the, how, even, I don't even know the team names from 1933. How do we have accurate statistics from 1933? <laughs> if they aren't baseball statistics, hey, I'm not buying into it. If, if you think that I did the research on that, you're drunk, <laughs> right? Because that's ESPN stats and info, man. That's going into a deep dive that I want no part of. That's why those folks are absolutely amazing. But let that late, be again. Late night, late night, Sunday night, you're sitting there. The 
lights on, the house is dark, right. your wife, Ian, come to bed. No, 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 honey, I've got 1934 and 1933, and then I'm done. I've been I'm working my way there. backwards. I'm trying to figure out <laughs> the last team to be outgained offensively in professional football in their first nine games of a campaign, and that is the last time. I don't even know the team name. I just know that it was 1933. <laughs> but you look at them in the fourth quarter, dude. They are absolutely blitzing everybody, literally, on the defensive side of the ball, led by T.J. Watt, Highsmith, and those guys. They are bludgeoning teams in the fourth quarter, Joe, and they have found ways to win, even again with Kenny Pickett just having wet-the-bed moments. But in the fourth, he's solid, and they are finding ways to win games because that defense keeps them in games, and they're not turning it over in the fourth quarter unlike Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I just I cannot get behind Pittsburgh. They're 6-3. and three outgained in every game they've played, minus 26 in point differential. It's just the Vikings all over again. I know it's a little different because the Viking offense was very good and it's the Steeler defense that's carrying the way, but it's the same thing as last year. One team winning the coin toss in a coin flip situation late in all these games, and then when you get to the playoffs, I have very little faith in them. What do you make of Cincinnati as we pivot there quickly? In that matchup against Houston. We'll talk about C.J. Stroud and everything the Texans did in that game yesterday. But for as solid as the Bengals have been the last few weeks, they got pushed around in that football game yesterday. That wasn't a, oh, you know, Cincinnati didn't come to play. They overlooked Houston. They got physically pushed around on both sides of the ball in that matchup against the Texans. Yeah, but you know what, Joe? If Boyd catches that ball, which he does 99 out of 100 times, yep. if, if anybody missed it, Burrow had a bad, two bad INTs. Very uncharacteristic of him, especially deep in Texans territory. You know, when the game on the line, he throws a dart to Teller Boyd right down the center of the field in the end zone, hits him in the hands, and he dropped it. Uh, that is, again, he makes that catch 99 out of 100 times. And if he, and if he takes that ball from Burrow, which was on the money, we're having a different conversation right now. And that, that's, that's how, man, how minuscule the, the, the difference is between these four teams. Where if Boyd catches that ball, we're having a whole different conversation. You know, right, right now we're talking about them prob- probably this week being the best team in the AFC North. Instead, he drops it. C.J. Stroud goes the other way. As you mentioned, we'll talk more about that in a moment. And, and they're, they're still stuck dead last in a division that does not have a team with a losing record. Cincinnati opened that game yesterday on a 10-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. Tried to set the tone early. After that, their next six drives, they had five punts and one drive where they only had one play. It was the end of the half. Those were the next six drives. Of those five punts, three of those were four and outs. Houston absolutely in the middle of that game took control and physically pushed Cincinnati all over the field. It was a remarkable performance. C.J. Stroud was 100 to 1 to win the MVP award. We talked about that last week. He is now down to 30 to 1 to win the MVP. Alongside Ian Fitzsimmons, I'm Joe Fornball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. One NFL team has figured out what Brandon Staley has been trying to do all these years, and he just outstaled Staley. <laughs> Staley, I wanted to get his last name in one more time. That's next on ESPN Radio and the Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Fox the hold, Patterson the kick, it is up and it is good, he got it! That's a victory for the Lions on the final play of the game, and what a game it was! Back and forth they went, no separation between these two, and Ronnie Patterson sends it through to secure a 41-38 victory for the Lions. The Detroit Lions are getting it done, brought to you by Granger, man! What a game. I, I had lost a significant amount of money gambling yesterday morning. and Wagering. I, that wagering. wagering. Yes, wagering. I was making informed decisions, wagering, not <laughs> reckless betting, which is gambling. <laughs> and I had the all-time get-back game on the Lions. And that, that point spread had dropped. It was three. It got bet down to two and a half. It got bet down to two. I went against the move. And if you were like me and you were on either side there, Ian Fitzsimmons, that was a heart attack of a second half. Final score from Los Angeles. Lions 41, Chargers 38. Eight fourth down attempts between the two teams in that game. Seven were converted in one of the best football games of the season. I mean, the stones on Dan Campbell. Oh, my God. Setting dude. the stage here. It's fourth and two late in this game. Tie game 38-38. Lions have the ball on the Chargers 26-yard line. A minute 47 to go. Campbell's looking around realizing if he kicks the field goal, even if he makes it, he's got a bad situation because the Chargers are probably going to go right down the field against his defense who hasn't gotten a stop all day. So he decides to keep the offense out there. Fourth and two, they go for it. They bleed out the clock, and then they kick the game winner as time expires. Here's Jared Goff, Lions quarterback, on going for it in that situation. On the fourth and two, is there a discussion? Is there any sort of hesitation? Is there any sort of debate or do you know you guys are going for it? With our guy, I kind of lean towards we're going until he tells us we're not. And, and that's not just in that situation. That's kind of in every fourth down that we, we get. And had a good feeling he would go for it just like that area we were in. We kind of wanted to get an extra five or ten yards to secure it. As well as, I'm sure in his head, he didn't want to give Justin the ball back with a minute and a half. So there was many factors going into that. But, yeah, he's got he's got big balls, and he showed it there. And it was uh, it's a lot of fun when he puts the ball in our hands to, to make the play. The stones, Ian. Stone the stones and Campbell going for it there. <laughs> Man, I loved it. I loved every bit of it. And all of that explanation from Goff also, because Ben Johnson is an outstanding OC. Remember, he was interviewed for to be the head coach at several spots and went back to Detroit, knowing what they have, and maybe it even increases value even, even more so. 
But you know Dan Campbell's going, all right, what do you think? You got a good one here? I got a good one. And he didn't even hesitate. You saw me the fire in that guy. Look, any head coach who in the morning stops off at a 7-Eleven and the first thing he does is he gets his cup of coffee and a couple tins of, of Copenhagen Long Cut, <laughs> right? Puts a little pinch between the cheek and gum before the coffee's even kicked in. That's my kind of guy right there, man. He's just a blue-collar, no-nonsense. Everyone's laughing at him about we're going to bite kneecaps and whatnot. Well, guess what? They're not just biting kneecaps, man. They're digging into thighs and everything else, and they are feasting. <laughs> I mean, it is remarkable what they have done. And to watch that call, 80% of coaches are kicking the field goal, playing it safe. I think that number's higher. You might be right. I know you just came up with that, but as soon as I I heard it, I'm like, that number is higher. I mean, you know, Staley wouldn't. Or maybe Staley would, actually, right? But they went for it five times on fourth down, meeting the Lions. They got four of them. Chargers went for it three times and got all three, but this was a heavyweight fight in the middle of the ring with Goff and Herbert just duking it out. Jameer Gibbs, a rookie running back out of Alabama, is just – I mean, when we were on draft coverage, I said, Dan, this is a steal. I mean, you're getting this guy this late on uh, on day two? Come on, man. And a lot of people th- thought them moving up was too aggressive. For Hell no. Back. You can put him at wide out, the slot, line him up, you know, uh, at, 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 in power eye. I mean, you name it. He is such a versatile player. He had two tuds uh, yesterday. and the, But the way that he went for it and the message that sends to his team, especially on the offensive side, defense are going to have a conversation. Offensively, you're going, hell Yes, and they found a way to close it out. I mean, what a gutsy, gutsy call. Again, you're probably right. It's probably higher than 8 out of 10. It may be 9 out of 10 guys that are saying, you know what, kick the kick the field goal. Let's live to fight another day. No, he just went ahead and closed the door. And what a remarkable – when you're on that flight back and you're a player, you're going, man, who can't we beat? They believe they can beat anybody, anytime, anywhere. And remember, the Chargers are a good football team. Four of their losses are by three points or less, That's man. every year. That's every I mean, year for two decades with the Chargers. It, it hurts because Tom <laughs> Telesco is one of the best general managers and evaluators of talent in the league. He's a GM for the Chargers, for anybody who doesn't know. And, you know, I mean, it, they have just been snake-bitten with injuries. You name it. They, it's almost like they find ways to lose and not be able to find ways to win like the Lions did in that decision with Dan Campbell, finding a way to win and having a hell of a flight home. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Dan Campbell is what happens when Brandon Staley works. That's the best way I can phrase you that. You want to elaborate a little bit more on that? That's the best way I can phrase that. Dan Campbell is what happens. It's what you get when Brandon Staley actually works. Brandon Staley has been making decisions to go for it like Dan Campbell did yesterday. He's been doing this for three years. The problem for Staley is that while analytically, mathematically, whatever you want to say, while his decision-making is generally correct, the execution is horribly flawed. And they never pull it off, and everyone bangs on the guy because of these seemingly crazy decisions. Everyone is going to laud Campbell as a genius because he pulled it off. That's the difference is the result. Everyone is always going to be results-oriented. It's about the process. Staley, for years, has been making this decision correctly. His team just doesn't pull it off. Well, hold on a minute, Coach. Wait a minute. Now, not all of them because, remember, two years ago, he's got a playoff berth on the line against the Raiders. It's fourth and one on his own, like, 18. And you take the ball out of your quarterback's hands. 
That that they, I had a long conversation with Kyle Whittingham, the outstanding head coach for the Utah Utes, one of the more underrated, underappreciated coaches at any level of football. I call him Handsome Santa Claus. He <laughs> and he'll appreciate that. That dude's worked out like fifty five hundred consecutive days, some form of exercise. Really, I hate him. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm the I'm, opposite on that. Uh, Look at me. I'm right there with you. Yeah, you but and anyway. I, 5,500 days, no working out. We're like the groundhog. Of ice cream and donuts, man. Are you <laughs> kidding me? But, but with, you know, I asked him about the modern day and age of, of analytics and football, and to your point about Staley and going forward and, and deep in minus territory. And he said, we use analytics also, obviously. Every team does, and it's not going away. But there is no equation for momentum. There's no equation that you can come up with saying, you know what, my left guard has got a banged up knee right now that did not exist in the previous week. Or your center's a little banged up. Or you're missing your star running back. There is no mathematical equation for that. And you can't measure momentum. So there are times when Staley in the past has gone for it. You're going, dude, I understand what that stupid little cheat sheet says. But you also have to measure momentum. You also have to have a feel for the game. And that's what Witt said. You use both. You have to have also an analytic four in your head and in your gut for what is going on in a feel for the game at that particular time. And Dan Campbell said, you know what? We can't stop them. Herbert is dicing us up for 300 plus, four touchdowns, one pick. Guess what? We're in the game right now on fourth and two. And to your point, that's something Staley may do, but... It worked for Dan Campbell, it worked for the Lions, and that's why they're the talk of the day today on a Monday and on overreaction Monday. So let me ask you this. What Dan Campbell's doing in Detroit, what D'Amico Ryans is doing in Houston, what Mike McDaniel's doing in Miami, who's your coach of the year right now? D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico? Yeah, I mean, dude, a rookie head coach with a rookie quarterback. What was the over-under on Texans' uh, win total before the Six season began? Six and a half. And was I, that high? I know it sounds high. I knew you were well, going to go yeah. there. I, I know that brain of yours, Ian Fitzsimmons. It was that high because the schedule's relatively soft, all things compared. Remember, last place schedule in a softer division. Man, what he's doing, what C.J. Stroud is doing, he's now put himself not just in rookie of the year conversations, but you talked about this last week, and you're spot on. That's why, hey, whenever Joe mentions a future wager – Go ahead and put 25 bucks down on it because it's worth it on the payout. He's always looking for value, as am I. And the value on C.J. Stroud last week compared to this week for MVP, I'm going to guess dropped significantly. But D'Amico, it's not just C.J. Stroud. I mean, the defense is playing much better than I thought they would. And they're finding playmakers, man. I mean, D'Amico, as a first-year head coach with a rookie quarterback, you don't see this very often. Maybe once in what? Every two decades that you see a first-year head coach and a rookie quarterback having this kind of success. All right, so D'Amico one, would you have Dan Campbell two, Mike yeah, McDaniel yeah, three, or is McDaniel yeah. two? No, nah, Dan Campbell two, McDaniel Dan three. Campbell two, he's right there. Easy in Fitzsimmons, I'm Joe Fornball, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. The Detroit Lions, as we mentioned, as you saw, they're getting it done. Getting it done is brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Speaking of the aforementioned D'Amico Ryans. Quarterback C.J. Stroud now firmly in the hunt for the most valuable player. And there's one reason, believe it or not, he can win it that nobody is talking about. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. All 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On first and goal, Stroud gets the snap. C.J. looking, scrambling forward. C.J. on the run across the five. He's in! Touchdown, C.J. Stroud! The quarterback with the touchdown run. And the Texans go back up two scores on Cincinnati. Houston put it on the Bengals yesterday. Put it on them in their building. They were riding a winning streak. They had captured everyone's attention. Burrow for MVP. Bengals are back, ready to win the Super Bowl. Off wins against the Niners on the road. The Bills at home. Huge Thursday night showdown this week at Baltimore. And then, oops, here comes rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. Final score, 30-27 to in yet another thriller. Alongside Ian Fitzsimmons, I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. So here we are, my man. Last week, Dan Orlovsky is on TV talking about how C.J. Stroud, rookie quarterback, should be in the MVP conversation. He wasn't saying that he should be the MVP. Take a listen. If we took away the fact that the team is 5-4 and four and in second place in the division, and if we took away the fact that he was a rookie and we just put his name, or took away his name, and we put the stats and the performance next to a Joe Burrow, a Patrick Mahomes, a Lamar Jackson, a Justin Herbert, a Dak Prescott, a Jalen Hurts, everyone would say, well, that guy's the, the, the leader right now with the MVP. But since he's 5-4, and four, he's not. Last week, he was in the race. As of today, C.J. Stroud is the, the, the favorite to win the MVP, and you're going to have to go take it from him. All right. All right. We're going to back it up a little bit. First of all, walk uh, that back. Just classic, a little, just a little bit. Classic Fortinball botch job there. This is why we need all fat fingers driving the show because uh, that was I was referencing Orlovsky from last week talking about how he should be in the conversation. That's Orlovsky this morning on first take, basically saying he's the favorite. Now, okay, that's how he feels about it. Dan's been on this one for a while. Just to give you the update, though, 100 to 1 last week to win MVP. 85% of the money in this market, ESPN Bet, which launches tomorrow, 85% of the money has come in this morning on C.J. Stroud since they relaunched it. He's down to 30 to 1. I saw him drop as low as 25 to 1, Ian Fitzsimmons. Is there a legitimate case here? Yeah, look, and I like how he – Last week was saying he needs to be in the conversation. I don't think he's your front runner right now, but he's he's in the conversation. He definitely deserves to be. I mean, think about it. 
He's second in the league right now in passing yards. He's got 15 touchdowns to only two INTs. I think the the I think Tua has the most touchdown passes this year at 19. So he's right there in the hunt. I think second is 18. So he's he's in your your upper third when it comes to touchdown passes. But your touchdown to INT ratio is sensational. It's one of the best in the league right now. And he just went into Cincinnati and beat Joey B and the boys. Now if, again, if Boyd catches that touchdown. That Burrow hit him right in the hands with, we may be having a different conversation. We'll still be talking about how great C.J. Stroud was, but Burrow and the Bengals found a way to continue to win. But Boyd did drop it, and Stroud did put his team in a position to kick that game a winning field goal. And, man, it's, again, first-year head coach and a rookie quarterback. You don't see this very often. This is extraordinarily rare. And the way he's playing, man, it's, it's, it's for a rookie... Think about this, man. Everyone has tendencies, especially rookie quarterbacks, right? Every single one of them. Well, he he has been able to, and that coaching staff, diagnose tendencies and correct them. Once the teams have gotten a book on them, guess what? Their research, that homework was incorrect because he has found ways to avoid doing the same mistake twice or giving off a tell twice, whether it's lifting his left foot or pointing his left, uh, you know, his left foot to the outside if he's going to the left side when a corner is playing with inside leverage or not they've corrected all those little things those little tells to go to the to the poker world and he continues to evolve and get better and better every single week it's remarkable to watch Joe it really is he took one sack yesterday the Bengals could not get to him all day long he would hit the back foot on his drop and that ball was coming out the only time that didn't happen was when they were running play action and they were booting him out, and he was finding guys wide open down the field. I mean, all in all, Stroud's going to be the story coming off the Texan game, but the Texan performance all the way around. Defensively, they were in Burrow's face all day. An uncharacteristically sloppy day from Joe Burrow. Multiple turnovers in that game. He threw two interceptions, as you mentioned earlier in that show. 27 of 40 passing. The Bengals just could not get any rhythm. They had five consecutive possessions after that, or excuse me, six consecutive possessions after that opening drive for a TD in which they did nothing. Five punts in an end of half scenario. Three of those were three and outs. They could not move the ball. Couldn't run the ball. At all in that game. They gave up on the run for the most part, right? I mean, Mixon was almost non-existent. Non-existent. They could not get it going. And meanwhile, when Houston was running, it was five yards on first down. Every time they'd deploy it, five yards on first down, they'd set themselves up in manageable situations. People want to say that if you can't, you're not going to win the MVP if you're C.J. Stroud because you're not winning enough games. You're five and four right now. I don't have it in front of me. I believe 15 of the last 16 MVPs have been from a one seed or a two seed. 14 of the last 15 have been quarterbacks. So this award goes to quarterbacks who win lots of games. Duh. I'm not telling you anything there you don't know. Here's what I want you to focus on. But he's earned his right to be in this conversation. Well, now this is where it's going to get even more interesting. Here's the schedule coming up. I want to note one thing. Five of the next seven games are at home. Five of the next seven games are in Houston. Tell me just quickly, win-loss as I read these off. Next week, hosting Arizona. Win. Following week, hosting Jacksonville. Ooh. Close. Close. Say loss. You can go. All right. Yeah, I'll go L because they're not going to win all five of them. All right. So there we go. Hosting Denver the following week. W. At the Jets. Oh, yeah. At the Titans. Yeah. Hosting Cleveland. Yeah. Hosting the Titans again. Dub. Sorry, Brable. At the Colts to end the season. W. How daunting is that? There's Dude. nothing there. 
That Cleveland game stands out. That's at home. Okay, road spot against the Jets. The home game against Jacksonville, who they've already beaten. This is a nice schedule down the stretch. We talk about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight games. They're probably favored in at least five of these. If they win five of the next eight, they go ten and seven. There, and he's right there. You get to double digits. He not only is in the conversation. If he continues to evolve and get better week by week then he is going to be one of maybe three if he continues to ascend as he is right now, Joe. And here, here's one thing about C.J. Stroud that people need to know. He's not about individual accolades. I'll never forget him sitting down at our set at the NFL draft with Mike Tannenbaum, Chris, Chris Carlin, and Chris Canty. And when we, we were asking about him and his game, he very mild-mannered, very soft-spoken. Then Mike T. asked him about Jack, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who had just gotten taken by the Seattle Seahawks. Yep. And he asked, and he goes, man, that hamstring kind of bothers me. And C.J. Stroud came out of his skin. Going, hey, don't you go there, man. <laughs> Hang on one second. And he just started berating Mike Tannenbaum as to the injury and how and you know Smith and Jigba tried to come back maybe a little too soon because he was trying to help out the team. Do not hold that hammy against him when it comes to you know his future. Because remember, Smith and Jigba didn't play a lot last year no. toward the end of the season at all. But he was trying to. But the knock on him, you know, not behind closed doors, but in the public was, well, is he just holding him out trying to be healthy for the NFL draft? And C.J. Stroud came to, on the table to defend his guys. That is the person and the player. He is not about himself, but you start talking about his guys, and he will fight you till hell freezes over and then fights on the ice, man. He is the ultimate teammate and a heck of a leader. Lovey Smith winning that game in Week 18 last year to move the Panthers up, or excuse me, the Bears up to the one spot so they could trade with the Panthers so the Panthers could take Young so that the Texans could get strouded too. They have hit a home run with this kid. Leadership, production, you name it. You name it. 30-1, to 25-1, to 1, excuse me, to win the MVP. D'Amico Ryan's your favorite to win Coach of the Year. Stroud is minus 2,500 to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I mean, if he doesn't play another down, he's probably getting that award. Oh, yeah. Houston's cooking, man. And if they take out Arizona this week, it sets up a big showdown for the division with Jacksonville the following week, who got rolled by the Niners yesterday. Alongside Ian Fitzsimmons, I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. America's team No, no, no. No longer the Dallas Cowboys. We'll tell you which coach thinks his team is now America's team. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Jim Harbaugh will not get a hearing for a temporary restraining order today. November 17th, 9 a.m., Jim Harbaugh will get his hearing. We're in a place where people want to process before they feel punishment. And while I respect Tony Petiti's move, I also feel like it was a reactionary move. This is a family fight, is what this is. It's not a good look. And I wonder, does this open the door to other league athletic directors and coaches to say to their respective conference commissioner, hey, I think so-and-so was cheating. Didn't seem to phase Michigan. Didn't seem to give 
any advantage whatsoever to big game James Franklin as the Wolverines roll in the Happy Valley and dismantle the Penn State Nittany Lions 24-15. Two wins away from a perfect season and the Big Ten Championship game. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. Welcome to Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Thanks for riding along with us today. It is greatly appreciated. Head coach Jim Harbaugh, in the wake of the suspension handed down last Friday that says he cannot be on the sidelines for any of the team's final three games, which was Penn State on Saturday, Maryland this weekend, and Ohio State in two weeks, has spoken to the media, and he had this to say about what made him proud regarding his team's performance Saturday in Happy Valley. The perseverance, you know, and then the just the stalwartness of these guys. I mean, yeah, Watson, I would have to say, I mean, everybody. It's got to be America's team. It's got to be America's team. America, America loves a team that, that uh, you know, beats the odds, beats the adversity, you know, overcomes with the naysayers and, you know, critics, so-called experts think. Um, that's my favorite kind of team. And, yeah, watching it from, from that view on the television, I, it was finally people get to see what I see every day, you know, in these players and these coaches. Harbaugh riding down the rainbow in Candyland, assuming the rest of the world agrees with him, his position, and his team here. Jokes aside, that's that is so uniquely college football right there. You could bottle that and you could sell it. James Harbaugh, you are so good for the game, man. I love you. I love everything about you. America's team. I mean, America's team. They're the biggest villain in college football right now. <laughs> hey, in his eyes, they're America's team, baby. I mean, I love what Zach Zinter, their All-American guard, who's going to play a long time in the NFL, uh, what he said last Thursday, Joe, and that was, look, you want to play the role of the villain? We can play that role. Because every now and then, the villain, well, takes down and kills the superhero. So we'll play that role. And the moment he said that, uh, I was screaming from the mountaintop. If you happen to partake in wagering, hammer the Michigan Wolverines. Because Penn State has zero chance in this ballgame. And I'll be honest. It was closer than I thought it would be going into the fourth quarter. But after that game, America's team, the greatest villain in college football right now, uh, did what happens at Penn State. And that's a top 10 uh, matchup. And James Franklin has one top 10 win uh, in his belt. That's it. He's 1-12 in top against top 10 teams. You know what Sharon Moore is, interim head coach for Michigan? Undefeated. He's got as many wins as James Franklin <laughs> against top 10 teams, right? So... You know, but let me go off and, and just let me a little tangent here on, on Coach Moore. If he has one good friend that can just tell him what it really is and be brutally honest, that one friend would have eviscerated him for crying on national television the way he did. <laughs> I mean, just about Coach Harbaugh, this is for you. I think he cursed three times on live TV, right? I mean, just pouring tears. If you're watching on the ESPN app right now, you're seeing him. I mean, tears flowing. The you, last time I checked, Harbaugh was still with us, right? He didn't pass away. You would have thought Harbaugh was on his deathbed, just right. holding on for dear Diagnosed. life, and that's why Moore had to step in. <laughs> right. I mean, diagnosed with some you know deadly disease that there's no cure for, that if you do have a cure, you have to go to the inner rings of the, the Amazon right. in order to find some hidden rock under a tree. You need that's Dustin Hoffman to find the monkey in Outbreak. <laughs> 
right. I mean, we found the host. That's what he looked like. I can tell you right now, if I would have done that on national television, you probably would have been the first one to text me going, right you away. look like a fool and you are embarrassing your family. Joey Galloway would have been a close second, right? I mean, I would have been <laughs> – Joseph Scott would have destroyed anybody. So, Coach Moore, I love the passion for the players, but damn. I mean, look, everyone is still with us. It was a football game, and a coach was suspended. But on the other side, Harbaugh playing this whole, we are, you know, the, the, the villain role, but also now we are America's team. Look what these guys did and fought through adversity. That's why I love him, because I didn't expect that, and, it, and everybody's going to be talking about it for the entire, not just today, but all stinking week, Joe. It shows you the power of mindset. Because from yeah. the outside, we look at Coach Moore and we think, oh, my, look at this crying. What are you doing? And we listen to Harbaugh's comments and we think, America's team, you have no idea what everyone's perception is of you. To your point, you guys are the villains. But that's not how they see it. Their mindset right now is, can you believe the audacity of the Big Ten to come to Michigan. We are Michigan men, and you're coming in here and handing down without a proper investigation, three-game suspensions to me. This is what you're doing to our program. Well, we'll show you. Band of brothers, we're going to bring it together, and we're going to figure this thing out. That's why you've got a coach crying in a situation that no one can understand because to him, they rose above. Harbaugh coming out saying they're America's team, he feels that they've been wrongfully accused of all of this. So they're they're this even though we message, have the paper trail of Connor Stallions in thirty plus games, and we have no denial from Michigan. No. At no point has Michigan even denied this, <laughs> right? Like at least during the steroid era in baseball, everyone had the 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 graciousness to lie to our faces and tell us they weren't doing anything as their head sizes swelled up three sizes too big, right? <laughs> so you're watching this and you're thinking this is the power of mindset. It doesn't matter what we think. Michigan is coming together as an even tighter knit unit than before. For, and they're using this. They're using this as fuel. They're using it as motivation. They just trounced Penn State. James Franklin once again showing great recruiter, no idea how to manage a football game. None. Yep. Two-point conversion decisions, fourth down decisions, points punt decisions. Early. Franklin is constantly playing two steps behind the opposition. Now, that's a story for another day. Harbaugh did continue in this interview, this presser a little while ago, speaking about the suspension coming down while he and his team were on the plane traveling to Happy Valley on Friday. Just looking for, uh, for that opportunity, due process, uh, not looking for special treatment, not looking for a popularity contest, just looking for the merit of uh, what the case is. You know, a senior in high school had a civics class and talked about government, justice, and what I took away from that class was that you're innocent until proven guilty. That was 40 years ago, but like that opportunity. <laughs> I, ta- I took a civics class. We talked about, get this everyone, government and justice. That's what he pulled away from the civics class. We talked about justice. Sitting until proven guilty. Not in a court of public opinion, boss. <laughs> yeah, not in right? this country. That's, that's, that's a whole different court we're talking about, man. America's team not being treated with America's rules, apparently. But, but I mean, to what? his point, to his Just, point, they did come down. I mean, a lot of people feel that this was a hasty investigation, if that. Yeah, but we all knew he was going to be suspended. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we all just, that, that writing was on the wall. But think about this also. This is more of a public shaming, like like Games of Thrones type shaming, right? Because he's still allowed 
to coach the team during the week and put in install. He's just not on the sidelines. It's a reminder every week now of, of hey, Bubba, we got you, partner. We caught you. So we're going to publicly shame you, not marching you naked down steps like Games of Thrones, but we're going to remind everybody every single Saturday why you aren't on the sideline. You laying it with Michigan over Ohio State in two weeks. I think the look ahead's like five and a half. Oof. I mean, you know Michigan's out for blood in that game. Yeah. I'm waiting till game week. Let's see who's healthy. We're going yeah. <laughs> to be, gonna be restrained wait, around the last here. Second. We've gone long enough. Time to get to the real America's team and absolute demolition in Dallas. That's next. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fornball. Colin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.